we uh, can see what the Bible says about humility. We're going to go through uh, this position here that God speaks of regarding humility. Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord, but to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, talking about uh, humility there, and trembleth at my word. So God does not esteem the rich, the powerful, the intelligent, because God made all of those things. He, uh, the Bible says that the, the, the capacity or the, the leadership, the positions of the world are in God's hand. And so God assigns uh, leadership capacity. So God is not uh, ever impressed by a person's stature. He's never impressed by a person's physical characteristics. He does not watch people who you know, play in the NFL and the NBA. He's not impressed by these people because he created them. He gave them the capacity to do what they're doing. And so he's not impressed with their ability to control certain things or to be a certain way or to do certain things. That's not what God is impressed by. Instead, God is impressed by humility. Isaiah, Psalms chapter 138 verse 6 says, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. First Peter 5 says it this way, uh, Likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore into the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And so what we learn from scripture is that your relationship with God can only grow in the capacity that you develop and cultivate humility in your life. You are limiting your relationship with God and your ability to be used by Him as a direct result of the pride that, has, uh, that hangs over every human, by the way. This is the human condition. We are all proud. Um, but this humility and this issue of humility is what will keep you from being used to the foremost and getting a close relationship with God that we probably desire. And so I believe if you're here in this room, you, you likewise, uh, like me or like other people in this room, desire a close relationship with God. And the one thing that would be keeping you from that is pride. Um, Moses, we learn from the Bible, heard God speak better than anyone. In fact, got to see God face to face. Numbers chapter 12 says, uh, now the man Moses was very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. God himself looked at Moses and said, this guy is more humble than anyone else here. You know, uh, it kind of begs the question. I was, I was talking with my wife about this th- this past week, and as I was kind of working on our notes here, I wonder how God sees humility. This is just an aside. It doesn't mean anything. But you ever wondered how God sees humility? What is it that attracts his attention about humility? I almost wonder if humility for God shines in brightness, almost in the way that, you know, you, you look at somebody and think, man, that, that guy's got it all together. I wonder if God sees like a visible light. I don't know. That's extra. Um, but I, I wonder if... Uh, God lifts up the humble, and he sees how humble we are by the you know, brightness of our person. I don't know. It's kind of an interesting question, but it means nothing. So just throw that away. Um, but uh, as, we, as we reflect on what Moses has done, maybe uh, you feel distant from God or have felt distant from God. And you felt this relationship problem and uh, felt like, man, I, I want to get closer to God. I want to be used more by him. And I'm not really sure what it is that's keeping me from being used in a greater way or knowing God better, having a deeper relationship with him. And other people talk about praying and, and going to God in prayer and just feeling like his response and uh, the way that God will speak to certain people, but some for some reason he doesn't seem to speak to me and I don't understand why. And, and maybe this is you and maybe you 
you felt this way before or do feel this way currently, and I would encourage you to consider this issue of humility. God deals with the proud at a distance, but with the humble up close and personal. Now, I won't call you proud tonight, but it is the human condition. And so I would say that likewise, uh, like me, we are all proud. Um, And so we all need a little bit of work in this area of humility. Uh, And I believe that God can uh, convict and that God will help us tonight as we take a look at his scripture. Let's go ahead and pray and then we will jump into some notes here. Father, we love you. And God, we come before you. Lord, probably not as humbly as we should. Lord, often we rely on our own abilities and our own processes, our own mentalities, our, our intelligence, our strength. Father, would you help us to rely on you? Would you guide us into your truth? Lord, help us to humbly seek you as the only answer, as the only way. And God, do what's necessary in our lives so that we see you that way. And we'll give you the honor and praise for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is humility? Well, there's no Bible definition, but the Bible does offer portraits of several people whose lives we can take a look at and can learn from these things to better get a picture of what humility truly is. Um, First of all, if you're taking notes, humble people are small in their own eyes. They are small in their own eyes. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 17 says, And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, he's talking to King Saul, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee, king over Israel. And so, humble people are small in their own eyes. Now, we know the problem with Saul is that Saul got a pride, a proud spirit about him. He kind of got lifted up, and I'm the first king of Israel, and he started walking around feeling like pretty hot stuff. And of course, we know the end of Saul's life, he was stripped of the throne, his family no longer had uh, the right to the kingship of the country of Israel, and so many things happened as a result of Saul's slide away from humility. Now, humility is not a negative self-view, meaning that you might think of yourself as worthless or insignificant. By the way, uh, I'll take a little uh, stop here and just mention that if you struggle uh, with a realistic self-view and that you are the son or daughter of God, do we understand that tonight? You are a son or daughter of the king. That makes you a prince or a princess in God's kingdom. And so if you are struggling with some sort of uh, mental kind of uh, self-image problems, okay, this is a real issue that we struggle with, okay, self-image, um, and, and seeing ourselves in a negative way. This is, humility is not seeing yourself in a negative way. Hey, praise the Lord, God saved us, all of our sin, all of our, our shame, all of everything that we've done in our lives is put on Jesus' account, and by his blood, we are now part of the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. So if you're struggling with self-image tonight, this is not what this lesson is about, but I I do hope that you will seek out some counsel to help you as you struggle with this self-image problem, because it is a very real issue. Um, But that aside, humility is not thinking uh, of yourself as worthless or insignificant, because you are worthwhile. God chose you. God uh, picked you out, and he claimed you, and just like you chose God, God chose you. And so you are, uh, you do have value. Humility is also not the denial of our attributes. It's not the denial of your attributes. God has created you to have good uh, characteristics and things that you can do. He's given you talents. He's given you gifts and things that he can use in his uh, kingdom in order to help others and do certain things. And so uh, humility is not denial of your attributes either. Instead, it's believing in our hearts that our best qualities are not good enough 
to cause us to deserve God's attention or even to gain us the lowest position of service for him. Do we understand that? Yes, you have good attributes. Yes, you do have gifts and talents. Yes, you do uh, have worth. You are valuable. And yet, we have to understand in the process of humility, in spite of us having value, having worth, having great capacity in some cases, we also understand that none of those things make us eligible to be used by God. Do we understand that? Uh, I often say about the, the, the office of pastor, and I've never held the office of pastor, but I do understand that no person who's ever been a pastor deserves the office of a pastor. Do we understand that? Every person, you look at any pastor who's ever been, any of your pastors, Pastor Mutchler, Pastor Lehman, and, and I, I think they'll be okay with me saying this, they're not perfect, okay? They're not perfect, okay? And it, it does not take you long to look at a person's life to discover that someone is not perfect. And understanding these things, in spite of their gifts, in spite of their talents, in spite of how much value they have, our ability to be used by God, our relationship with Him, does not come as a result of our abilities or of our value. Does that make sense? God chose a relationship with us. And so humility starts with that understanding. I have access to God, not because of my value, not because of my worth, not because of my abilities, but because of Christ who paid the penalty on the cross for my sin. That's where humility starts. Um, I'm in a journey of learning this, uh, a lifelong process, if you will, of learning this the hard way. Uh, and it seems like the school of hard knocks constantly beating me down and God reminding me of things on uh, areas of my life where pride has crept in. And, um, and I, I'm just sharing my personal testimony tonight. But um, this is something that God will work on for you for a lifetime. And we'll never quite arrive. Not, none of us will ever arrive in this process of humility. Even Moses made mistakes. Even Moses uh, uh, set out in pride in some situations. And yet, God revealed himself to him in a better way as a result of his mentality in this area of humility. So number one, humble people are small in their own eyes. Number two, humble people know that it's not their physical strength, nor their intelligence, nor their luck, but the Lord who determines the outcome. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Psalms 127, 1, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Um, I, I love this story of Jacob. Uh, actually, recently, we were at the 1730 conference at, at Bethel Baptist Church in Salem, and uh, Pastor Addison Smith preached a sermon about Jacob. And, and man, it's Great sermon. I've quoted it 14 times already, ever since we've been back. It's been a few weeks, but uh, it seems like every message it seems to come up. But Jacob, uh, wrestling with the Lord. And we know the story. You know, you're familiar with the story. The angel of the Lord came, and a representation of God in the Old Testament came and wrestled with Jacob. And you ever been messed up by this story? Um, Jacob and God wrestled all night, and God didn't win? Isn't that crazy thought? God was wrestling with Jacob, and Jacob was, was winning? Literally, the Bible says that, the, that Jacob was winning. The angel says when he didn't prevail against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. You know the story. And you ever question that? Why wasn't God able to win against a wrestling match against a man? Was Jacob like Samson? Like, whoa, what's up with Jacob? And I've heard sermons before where people were like, Jacob was really strong. I don't know about that. I believe truly, just like Pastor Addison Smith said at the conference there, there in Salem, that um, the, the issue, the wrestling that was occurring was the issue of will. And that God will not take away your will. God is the God of free will. And so he will give you the capacity to choose 
in your life the things that you want. And so this wrestling that was happening is much like the wrestling that you've experienced. Where God has wrestled with you. And you've pushed back. No, God, I don't want that. No, God, I, I kind of want my way. God, I, I want the things that I want. And so this process of wrestling that occurs in every person's life um, comes back to this issue of humility. Humble people know it's not my intelligence, it's not my strength, it's not my ability to do certain things, but it's God who determines the outcome. By the way, Jacob, relying on his strength, was winning. And then what did God do? He took away his strength. He removed his strength. Man, sometimes we get so fixated on our own desires, on our own goals, that God has to come in and he's got to take away that ability. He's got to change that part of our life because we've become too reliant on it. Hey, and maybe, maybe you've, you've gotten so fixated on your finances before and, and been really like, confident in these things and then God has come in and you've seen you know, an economic downturn. You've seen the way that God has taken away your ability to trust in those things that keep you from him. Maybe God has taken away your strength or given you some sort of problem that's, that's put you on your back, so to speak. And now you're thinking, man, how am I going to do this? And God is waiting for you to understand that he determines the outcome, not your strength, not your physical abilities, not your intelligence. Nothing about you determines the outcome. And God needs you to understand that humble people already know it. Number three tonight, humble people put their confidence in the mercy of God rather than in their abilities or in their character. Romans 9 says about Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth. I love that picture of of the, the Christian who's running the Christian life, running the race, but of God that showeth mercy. It's not about us. It's not about the way that we run. It's not about our ability to be as sinless as possible. It's about God who is merciful. God showeth mercy. And everything about us needs to put our confidence in his mercy, not in our ability to run the race. Number four tonight, humble people are willing to associate with and serve people of lower position. Humble people are willing to associate with and serve people of lower positions. Romans 12, verse 10 says, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Galatians 5, verse 13, For brethren, you have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I was talking to my wife this week. I remember a, a, a certain situation a few years back of a time when uh, my, my wife and I were involved in a process, a group setting. We were feeding the homeless. Um, and we had brought them to a certain location and kind of bust them into this area. And uh, we were getting, getting to feed them and, and sh- sharing with them the love of Christ and preaching to them and giving them the gospel and all sorts of things. And there was this one particular young lady that we had invited to come with us, and she had come with us. And she was uh, kind of, you know, uncomfortable. And she kind of made that clear to us right away. And we were kind of taken aback by it. It seemed a little bit strange. But we had moved forward and given her a position on the serving line. And she had been, you know taking the lasagna or whatever it was that we were feeding to the homeless people and, and just helping out and putting food on the plate and everything. And then once we had fed all of the homeless people and they were sitting in the chairs and someone was preaching to them, someone came along to the workers and told the workers, hey, uh, you know, 
this is all extra food, so if you want some, eat some. And so this young lady looked at that person, and she went, we're going to eat the same food as them? Now, I say that to say, okay, uh, sometimes, maybe our reaction is not the same way. Okay, the food was perfectly fine. There was absolutely nothing wrong with the food. I have no idea why that thought popped into her head. But sometimes we hold ourselves at a higher standard than other people. And whether or not you've ever, in that capacity, set that difference, it is common for man. This is, this is the human condition to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. And so just like this young lady who in this particular situation was obviously way off base, obviously wrong, I think you and I, if we were honest with ourselves tonight, have been guilty of something similar. Maybe not in such a verbal way. Maybe not in such a way where somebody could, man, that was wrong point their finger at you. But I think we've all been guilty of something to that capacity. And, and truly, humble people are willing to associate with and serve people of a lower position. Number five, humble people have learned to embrace their weakness. Second Corinthians chapter 12 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Weakness is the lack of strength or the ability to do something that we consider desirable necessary. Now, I've got just a few minutes, and I need to, I need to push forward here, and so hope you'll, you'll stay with me. But um, the true journey of humility is not pursuing humility. I feel like that needs to be said tonight. If you want to be more humble, you don't get more humble by trying to be more humble. Let that sink in for a second. You do not become more humble by desiring to be more humble. Instead, humility comes from the act of pursuing God. Humility comes from the act of pursuing God. You cannot stand as a man before, or a man or a woman or a child, whoever's in the room, you cannot stand before God in your human flesh and not be humbled. You cannot. And if you can, I would submit that you may not be standing before God. Or you may not have a, a good, clear picture of who God is because God, in His totality is humbling. And so if you want to be humble, Proverbs 3, verse 6 says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. You see, it's an ongoing daily process of of submitting yourself to the will of God and choosing daily. I'm not going to choose my way. I'm not going to choose the things that I know. I'm not going to rely on my intelligence, my finances, my strength, my own abilities, the things that I can kind of work and pull the strings and uh, throw elbows and do whatever is necessary to succeed because I'm going to trust God, and in all my ways, I'll acknowledge him. And so the true process of pursuing God starts with acknowledging him in all thy ways. Romans 12, verses 1 through 3, tells us to yield to God and look to him for guidance. Uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is uh, your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so, tonight, if you desire to get closer to God and 
you know that your pride is getting in the way and you've been convinced that your pride is something that needs to be taken care of and you truly desire a closer relationship with him. I've got three things tonight, three practical things. We're going to move through them quickly here. Number one, let God train you. Let God train you. Now I'll tell you, God's training usually takes the place through correction or through suffering. And so maybe you've experienced God's correction in your life or you've experienced situations where God brought in certain things or allowed certain things to happen to you like Job where you didn't really fully understand why God allowed it. Or maybe you felt like certain things uh, had been allowed that, man, God, why did, you, why did you give this to me? And maybe even 10 or 15 or 20 years, some of you, you're still reflecting on a certain period of time in your life or a certain situation where God allowed something negative to occur in your life. And you're still wondering, God, hey, why? Hey, God, why? Why? Why did you let this thing happen to me? And God always brings his training through correction, and through suffering. We, we as Christians, we partake in the sufferings of Christ, and that's a way that we identify with God. Training always, by the way, happens in the desert. That's the Bible picture of training. Suffering, it occurs in the desert times. You look at people like Moses, David, John the Baptist, Jesus. Hey, they all had to be trained there. Even Jesus had to be trained in the desert for the things that he was going to do on earth. Jesus had to submit himself for training. Hebrews 5.8 says, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. By the way, the, the desert will identify here as the, uh, a time when we seem unproductive and God seems far away. And it's usually marked by temptation. And so if you've gone through that process in life, maybe you've endured some desert time. Can I encourage you not to fixate on that or to uh, really think poorly of that time, but instead trust that God was bringing those processes into your life to train you in this area of humility, as well as maybe some other areas. And we, it's in the desert where we learn that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. And so let God train you. Number two, get around humble people. Um, I think it's clear from the Bible, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we turn out like our friends. You surround yourself with people who are humble, you will turn out more humble. You surround yourself with people who are proud, who are relying on their own abilities and their own processes and their own finances and their own strength and their own wisdom and all those things, and you're going to turn out more and more like them. And so just let me encourage you to really reflect on the friends that you have and allow God to guide you into the right friendships in your life. Get around humble people. Number three, ask God to give you what you need. Proverbs chapter 30, I love this verse. Verses 8 and 9 says, Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. I love Solomon and his wisdom wrote here in Proverbs chapter 30. God, I I just want to be close to you. And so I never want to be so comfortable that I lose track of who you are and get fixated on my own position, my own standing. God, I also never want to be so poor that I cannot even feed my own family and I get so fixated on lifting a fist up to heaven, so to speak, and shaking it. God, I just want a good relationship with you. And so, Lord, you know what I need. And Solomon, in his heart here, probably as a young man, said, God, I trust you to bring into my life the things that are necessary for me. Feed me with the food convenient for me. The things that I need. And so, if you want to be a humble person, this prayer... Uh, It has to be a part of that process. And asking God, Lord, I trust you. 
I, I believe that you know better than I do, and I'm going to trust you in every situation. And so feed me with the food that's convenient for me. Um, humility is produced by pain, by being with Jesus, by being with humble people, and is a lifelong process. Uh, two more verses I want to share with you just in closing here. God promises to exalt the humble. And so as, as we become more humble, God promises to lift us up. Luke 14, 11 says, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. But the true blessing of humility is not in the exaltation. James 4, 6 says, He giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And so the true blessing of being, humil- being humble, having humility, is not the exaltation. It's not the position and status. And if you're looking for that, <laughs> you probably need to learn some more humility. It's grace. And when you get alone with God and you start to reflect on who you are in the light of who God is, and as your spirit gets shown clearly yourself in the light of Christ, then we can see clearly and we can see the humility and the grace that we need through humility in order to get close to God. God showers the humble with grace, and and just transparently, a few years ago, I think I would have been excited by the idea of exaltation. But this lifelong process that I'm on, this journey, maybe you're on it too, of learning humility has taught me to be a little bit more excited about grace, because that's what I need. Let's pray and we're done. Father, we love you. Thank you for all you do for us. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for loving us, even when we're unlovable. Thank you for putting up with us, even when we trust in ourselves, our luck, and things that are not you. And I pray, God, that this week that you would remind us of who you are, that you'd help us to trust in you in whatever way that's necessary, and that you would guide us into a better relationship with you and help us to be less proud. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, we've got our next session coming up here in about five minutes. He said to take two or three extra minutes. I, I think I'm good. He said to take 12 extra minutes. I'm just kidding. Uh, to another uh, session, feel free to do so. If you want to stay in here, that's fine as well. We're going to take just a couple minutes and get things kind of put together for this next session.